There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. So today is a little unusual. I usually tell a story from a Gospel Link national preacher, but today I'm sitting with Bethany Ross. And Bethany Ross has worked with Global Hands of Hope for a long time. And she is working in a country in Africa that I have never visited. Well, you should definitely I come know. and visit us, Dean. Because, yeah. you know, Uganda is the pearl of Africa. Is it? Okay. It is beautiful. Okay. Yes, you should definitely come. We've invited you here because we'd like to hear a cup of good news from Uganda. Well, thank you so much, Dean, for inviting me. You know, it is my joy and honor to share all of the wonderful things that God is doing in Uganda. It is true that Uganda um, really is stunningly beautiful and well worth your time to visit. Um, but it also has darkness. There's a great deal of poverty that they struggle with and a lot of political intrigue mm. and things like that that um, create all kinds of challenges to ministries and Christians in the country. But the good news is that there are a lot of Christians in Uganda mm. working hard for the Lord, addressing the needs um, that they see in their cities and in their rural areas. So I wanted to start with this beautiful story of a village called Bukeka. And Bukeka was settled by people who were fleeing from various wars in the West and the North. And so, uh, whereas in other areas of Uganda you have a strong tribal presence, which also provides a social safety net, this particular village is situated very near a bridge that goes over the Nile River where people were trying to flee. So it's a, sort of like a refugee That That area. is um, the, the basis of this village. So uh, because of that, you have multiple tribes um, settling in one area and all of them displaced peoples. So 30 to 40 years ago, that's where Bukeka um, began as a village. <clears throat> because of that and because they lack the, um, the tribal social uh, safety net, this would be marked um, by Ugandans as an extremely vulnerable community by their standards. When, when Global Hands of Hope first came to this village, the highest educated adults in the entire village had a third grade education. So in, in this village, there was 
a woman who had become a Christian and she had nine children and her husband died leaving her alone with nine children and um, my mother was fortunate enough to be able to sponsor one of the daughters of that family named Gretty to be able to go to school at Subi and Subi in the local language means hope so it's Hope Christian School and that really is what the, the, the vision of this ministry is all about is restoring hope to a people who have lost it for so many generations now that they no longer know how to dream of a better future. And um, uh, Gretty's sister on it also attends Global Hands of Hope's school. It's um, called Subi Christian School. On it is 17 years old and in ninth grade. And she's hoping to become a midwife to be able to save women and children. There's a lot of mortality yeah, in childbirth. And so, um, anyway, and uh, Gretty studies hard and she has a very sweet spirit. I, I really enjoy spending time with Gretty. She, I wish you could see her smile. <laughs> it just makes me smile. She's very shy and she just looks up. Anyway, for girls to have a ninth grade education is unheard of. It's just um, amazing. Wow. Yeah. And the girls found out about the school? I mean, is the school near where they lived? How did they find out about the school and get involved? Well, <clears throat> this is uh, one of the distinctives of Global Hands of Hope is how we have um, made it our focus to partner with the community. Uh, often ministries come in with a, a, a really high ideal of wanting to serve a community, but they come in with their own idea of how this should be done. How students like Goretti and and it came into the school is that we partnered with village leaders so that would be what would be considered like the mayor um, and local church leaders throughout the community and we would bring in 54 year olds every year and it was their job to determine who were the 50 most vulnerable four-year-olds in the village so it was the community working together, the leaders, um, to, to identify who really were the most vulnerable families by Ugandan standards. And then to argue that list, which was often over 300 students, bring that down to the 50. And then those were the children who came to the school. So, th so that was one of the defining characteristics of how Global Hands of Hope entered this community from the beginning is uh, the community themselves donated all of the wood to build our first schoolhouse. So all of those wooden planks, all of those pieces of tin that went on the roof, those were donated by local people who gave of their own meager resources to to create a place for their students to come. It's, it's been a very organic movement, and, um, and now we have 487 students wow. in, through 10th grade. And uh, the founder of Global Hands of Hope, Ronald Malera, had had um, significant experience 
with UN projects, um, with, uh, with World Bank projects and other embassies that were doing ministries all through Uganda. And he'd seen how many of these people who with sincere hearts and um, pure desires ended up not helping and, and even sometimes hurting the community because they didn't allow the community and empower the community to solve their own problems. Uh, Ronnie Nalera is the founder of Global Hands of Hope and the visionary behind this ministry. Uh, his, uh, his father had actually been a very influential government official who was um, then assassinated when Ronnie was 10 years old. And so his mother and his uh, six siblings were all put out into the street, into the poorest slums um, in Kampala at that time. <clears throat> and so going from the wealth and power of government to the, the hunger and desperate circumstances of inner city slums brought Ronnie to his knees spiritually and his brothers and sisters as well. His um, brother, younger brother and one of his sisters were sponsored by Compassion at that time. And Compassion International made a huge difference in their lives. And, and at this point, his brother is, is a leading spokesman for Compassion International all over the world. And Was he from a Christian background or did he... Um, he had originally came from a Catholic background, uh -huh. but he was actually led to the Lord by Billy Graham in a crusade. And then over the next few years, um, grew into church leadership. And, and he's still um, a, a missions pastor of that church. And his brother is actually now the pastor of that church. So it's, it's a beautiful thing, the relationships that extend over generations of faithful Christians reaching down and raising up a community around them. I, I, I'm brought to tears when I, I think about it. That's New Life Baptist Church in Kampala. And I encourage you to go to New Life Baptist Church if you want to see a church reaching out in the inner city of Kampala. Beautiful ministry. But we're actually talking about Global Hands of Hope. And um, so Ronnie Nalera uh, eventually went into government service. Nalera is Ronnie's last name. And Ronnie's wife is Rita. So this okay. is Ronnie and Rita Nalera. One of the challenges that Uganda has faced in the past is you may have heard of child soldiers at one time. And, and when you hear that, you're, you're hearing about Uganda, northern Uganda. Ronnie was instrumental in, in taking those orphans back out of those rebel armies and then repatriating them to their villages. So he, he was trained in, in really difficult and challenging circumstances. But through all of that, he, he gained a vision of what effective ministry in, in community development and um, child safety really was and what was necessary. So all of that experience led to the vision of Global Hands of Hope. And, and that's how we get from Ronnie in the slums as a child to Ronnie now running uh, an organization that serves 487 um, 
children in a rural village in Uganda. How many Americans work at this school? None. Right, and Ronnie's None. from Uganda. Ronnie is from Uganda, and we have 71 staff now who run the farms, the medical center, the church, the school. We have 24 teachers in the school. Of course, we must address the, the medical needs of the community. As of three years ago, there were five doctors in the entire district, and one of those doctors was administrative. So only four acting doctors for over 500,000 people. And, and Subi Medical Clinic had one of them. Uh, this community had a very high child mortality rate, and, and many of those are just standard problems in Uganda. Malaria, malnutrition, uh, various diseases that come from unclean water or other hygienic practices. Um, spiritually and physically, witchcraft is a, a serious force in the area. And so um, the medical center faced a huge challenge at the time of even getting any villagers to come <laughs> because they went to the witch doctors for their medical help but God has been so gracious in that and how he's blessed the medical center. We adopted a very uh, non-competitive <laughs> uh, view with the with witch doctors. And just like, you know, at the very beginning, it was, well, if, if that's not working out for you, you can always come to us. <laughs> and so <clears throat> God worked and lives were saved. Uh, I, miraculously lives were saved that should have been lost and and for the first 10 years of the medical center not one child was lost that came to our medical center wow. so that's um good. and I, I can just assure you that that's that's not yeah. human efforts yeah. no matter and God has blessed us with wonderful nurses and national doctors who give their time and also through Americans and Europeans who have come to offer their services in medical clinics, stocking a pharmacy so that we have a reputation for having a well-stocked pharmacy, which is no small thing in Africa. These are these are these sound so basic by American standards, but but these are miracles by African standards. They really are. Have you had any um, positive or negative feedback from witch doctors? <laughs> Yes, well, um, <clears throat> I would consider this positive. <laughs> um, there was a witch doctor who was uh, well known in the community, and uh, it may not be known, but witch doctors do child sacrifice uh, among the many evil things that they do. And this is well known in Uganda and in the community. So this is this is not a mystery to them. But if, if for us, it's like knowing that your next door neighbor is a serial murderer. And he is also the guy you have to go to when your kid is sick. And so these people are really influential in the community and extraordinarily evil. And everybody knows it. So power and wickedness going together. So we, um, we have a lot of pray-ins where uh, these are like 24-hour prayer <clears throat> meetings 
where the, the Christians in your community just come into the church and they just lock the doors and they get down on their knees and they, they wrestle with the Lord. Um, I, maybe it was about a year ago now. We had had one of those prayer meetings and people are sweating in these prayer meetings. Mm. And American prayer meetings are, are so, so calm. And <laughs> it, you really need to think more like war, <laughs> you know, and, and physical effort in these prayer meetings. So they had been praying particularly about um, one witch doctor in the community. And, and this man had continued to be a thorn. In, in the side of the church for many years. He's um, cursed all of the children in the church, going around putting white clay on their foreheads. And, um, <clears throat> and, and then according to Ugandan uh, lore, you know, he's the only one who can remove the curse. But the church elders know that they also can remove curses because no curses can stand before the spirit of Christ. So that, that did, was an important <laughs> What did Jesus moment. say if you, or no, whatever is loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay. And whatsoever is bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Right. I think that's the connection there. I think that's the authority he gave us. Well, the, the church elders were able to lift those curses. And um, that was... A beautiful thing, but it, it caused a tremendous difficulty in the church. Actually, church members came under discipline because not all of the church members came to the elders. They went to the witch doctor and asked the witch doctor to remove the curse, thereby giving authority back to the witch doctors, right? And so it, it, the witch doctors have been very instrumental in teaching the church about the authority of Christ, but not all of those have been happy moments. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in this prayer meeting, they were praying particularly about this witch doctor and that God would just remove this thorn from their side. And the next morning when the prayer meeting was done, they received the news that the police had come and arrested the witch doctor and they found six child skulls in the foundation of his house. So that is, that is enough grounds to be convicted under Ugandan law. And so God removed the witch doctor from the community, like just wow. preemptively he was gone. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that that's always the case. Sometimes God doesn't remove our enemies. He makes them our friends. There have, there have been um, opportunities where God has allowed, uh, particularly Ronnie, to be able to witness to Muslim leaders in the village. And there was uh, an imam. Now, an imam in the Muslim tradition is like a pastor in a very authoritarian church where the pastor has the word and the final say. So this is a man of power and authority. So... Um, <clears throat> through the evangelistic efforts of, of Ronnie, um, God really blessed those. And the imam started reading the scriptures and, and eventually <laughs> came to Christ. Wow. So, you know, it's not always the case that our enemies are just removed. Sometimes the thorn in the flesh becomes the, you know, 
the man standing next to us. Mm. And we have another imam who has not converted. And he stood against Global Hands of Hope for many years. He counseled his, his congregation to not allow their children to go to the new Christian school because, you know, they would become infidels. You know, they would be brainwashed. He spoke against Global Hands of Hope um, for many years. But at some point, he, he turned around. He has seen the good that Global Hands of Hope has done. The Muslim religion has a very strong moral component to serving the poor as well. So he really did come in wanting to serve this poor community, but he, his, his works had no power to change. And then Global Hands of Hope came in and, and our works did have the power to change. And we were able to bring changes that he had desired out of his care for the community. So one of the things that Global Hands of Hope has in their school that makes them distinctive is that we have a full library. Now, by American standards, every school has a library, but that's just simply not the case in Uganda. So in our district of 250 schools, we were the only school that had a library. And it is a library that is um, as good as the best private schools in Uganda. And I've been privileged to be a part of that project. And there's a church in California that was really uh, responsible for making this library come about. It was a project of five years. So I was there at the ceremony that opened the library to the community. And this is a big deal because because books are precious. You don't even allow children to touch books. They're, they're too valuable for children to touch. And here we have 14,000 volumes <laughs> for all these children and the community to come look at. And they came into the library and it's this big, open, spacious room with all of these white bouquets. It's beautiful. And this local uh, imam, raised his hand, you know, I, I want to speak. And, and I saw Ronnie's face. He's like, okay, <laughs> what is he going to say? Because this man speaks with authority, but what is he going to say? And he had tears running down his face and he just, he got down on his knees and he thanked Ronnie and thanked Global Hands of Hope for the hope that they had brought to the community and the the future and um let me just say that men do not go down on their knees in uganda only women women kneel not men so for this village leader to go down on his knees and to hold his hands in supplication with tears and, and to state publicly his thankfulness and gratitude and indebtedness to Global Hands of Hope. It, that, that was just such a powerful moment for the whole community because the whole community was there to see this. Mm. The whole library was just packed solid mm. with people. Um, it was, it was and, a beautiful thing. So, and, and that man yeah. hasn't become a Christian yet. No, he has not. But we also know that there's no work 
on the earth that will stand if people's souls are not made right with God. And so another pillar of Global Hands of Hope is evangelism. And from the beginning, um, we have been blessed in various efforts to bring the gospel to the village of Bukeka. So we do have Subi Community Church. And at this point, we have 263 adult members, all of them first-time converts from the community. When we came to this community, there were only three Christians in the entire community. So that is just the work of the Lord. And that does not include students. Those are just the adults. A beautiful, beautiful thing. The darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth, the kingdom of love and Bethany, you have been encouragement and refreshment. If we want to see photos of Subi or Ronnie yes, I or can Uganda, definitely give you those. Okay. We will post those at cupofgoodnews.org. Do we have pictures of any of the dedication <laughs> of the library? I do have pictures of the dedication of the library. Yes, I do. Okay. Is it? Yes. And uh, I have pictures of all of the students in the school standing in front of our primary academic building. Uh, well, sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words. It is. So I always encourage people to go not only listen to what God is doing, but right. actually see it. What does Global Hands of Hope have on the near horizon? Uh, one of the the challenges of success is that you must continue to grow in order to meet the new needs that your success forced <laughs> upon you. Mm. And we have been blessed to uh, have great success in education. And our students have performed in the top 5% of all students in mm. Uganda. So we now have 47 students in high school, but we do not have a high school at Subi Christian school right now. So we are building a high school and we are uh, in phase two of that. We have already secured the land. And uh, so we are now raising uh, $350,000 for phase two, which is to build, uh, well, it'll be, it'll be five classrooms and three administrative rooms. One of those classrooms will be a library because the school has really come to see the value of the library and an education. So we have a matching grant right now of 350000 so that we do have some other fundraising needs that are going on. And um, if anybody wanted to give to that, they can just go to GHOH, which stands for Global Hands of Hope, GHOH.org backslash match, because it's the matching grant. Okay. And, and they'll uh, just find the link there, and then that will go to that $350,000 matching grant, which will go for teacher housing and this, this uh, high school block. If you only have a small amount of money, but you would really like to make a difference in one child's life, uh, Global Hands of Hope has sponsorship, and we have over 100 children who still need sponsors. And if you would like to make a difference in a child's life, just like my mother has in Goretti's life and Tracy's life. <laughs> it just makes me smile. 
Anyway, so Goretti and Onnit have learned about Jesus and came to know how much Jesus loved them. And they now follow Jesus as well. And um, <clears throat> they've been restored hope. And so uh, I, I would love for your listeners here to just keep Goretti and Onnit and Tracy in your prayers because prayer is, is important because yeah. we do not make progress in the dark without the light of the Spirit and the love of God's people surrounding us, even from very far away. And uh, Global Hands of Hope has, has really been predicated all along on the fact that prayer is powerful and effective. Our first logo was, was two men on their knees praying and their hands were bound together with the spirit as a flame mm. above their hands mm. as, as a sign and a symbol of where our power was and what our hope was and what our vision was for these children and for the whole community. So I, I, I do always ask, pray for those three mm -hmm. girls in particular. Mm -hmm. God is working all over the world. And this is one thing I do know. You are called to be a part of God's work in the world. And it is your responsibility to find where he is calling you to work. And, and that's an exciting thing because you know that your prayers are effective. And you know what? That's good news. It is good news. It really is.